Previously on Band of Hump Rules. Frank's intentions right now are not the purest. All he wanted to do was get in your pants. A lot of people want to. Happy birthday to Princess Stassi. Princess Stassi! Frank has been so good to me. Ugh, like spare me. The incel collective that was like guiding her through this process. And they were just like, just want to make sure you're looking really sexy. If Jax and Frank can't get it together in somebody else's restaurant, they're not going to come back and work in mine. So one of them will go. You hooked up with Orly. It's the best sex I've had in a long time. It just was not fun to be in the same room as Jax, Kristen, and Katie. Our relationships are over. You're just like hurting and you just need a friend and your friends aren't talking to you right now. I'm going to have a mental breakdown. Welcome to Vanderpump Rob's, a sexy, unique recap podcast hosted by me, Rob Schulte. And let me tell you, today's episode is a lot of fun. I welcome actor and comic Anna Suzuki on to talk about Season 1, Episode 6, Caught With Your Trousers Down. Fun fact, at the time of this recording, Anna had only seen this episode of Vanderpump Rules. We're going to do an experiment today. In other news, this morning I woke up and one of my wonderful listeners had sent me a cameo message from Sheena. If you'd like to see that message, check out the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram account. But in the message, Sheena mentions her favorite drink from Tom and Ariana's Fancy AF cocktail book. I guess that means we need another trading card. Sheena chose a drink called the Cry Max. Here's what it consists of. White wine, soda water, crushed strawberries, sugar, and Grand Marnier. Perfect. Sounds like I'll be crying after I drink a few of them. Anyway, I had two other cards I wanted to design this week, but, I mean, how do you beat a cameo message with a drink recipe? You don't. You don't beat it. So I am just going to quickly run off what those other two cards are. They're situation cards. Situation one, you get a midnight text from your ex. The picture is obviously someone shocked on their phone. Situation two, bam, I'm throwing down the card. Break time conversation. Is it an argument? Is it a congratulatory convo? Who knows? What do you say at this point we jump into the recap of the episode? It's a beautiful sunny day in Los Angeles, 76 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, and new cast member Laura Lee and six-episode staple Kristen are running lines together. I know all about this. I got a degree in theater, and now I host a podcast. Kristen reminds us that just about everyone who works at Sir has a side gig, and we see a montage of cast members' goals. Most notably... Wait, that would be so good for my book and everything. Across town at Stassi's new apartment, she's feverishly typing away while sitting on her bed. Frank walks in while drinking a beer and tries to read what Stassi is writing. Stassi writes a fashion blog for Lisa's daughter Pandora's website. Stassi and Frank argue about all of Stassi's clothing, 
And there's a back and forth about the nuances of blogging in 2013. It's all very uncomfortable. See, ultimately, Frank is very condescending and then reminds Stasi she's got to get to work, uh, insinuating that blogging is not her job, even though she gets paid for the articles she writes. Anyway, work has been uncomfortable due to Stasi's fight with her fellow witches of WeHo, and she needs to make a change. Back at Lisa's house, she meets with her publicist. They discuss incorporating the novel idea of a happy hour at Sir. Ken, Lisa's husband, busts into this filmed meeting and tells Lisa about how Jax and Laura Lee were caught on the security cameras having sex in the Sir bathrooms. Ken says, I mean, the only mistake he made was not to lock the door. Oh, say you like In a less than surprising turn of events, back at Sir, Sheena and Stasi are eating food together. They made up last episode, and now they break bread. While Stassi and Sheena eat before their shifts, Kristen complains to her manager and friend of the podcast, Peter Madrigal, about how Stassi's just sitting there eating, chatting with Sheena, and she's already clocked in 10 minutes ago. After Kristen's complaint, we cut to Laura Lee and Jax at a fancy sushi restaurant. Laura Lee leads Jax into an employee bathroom. See, she wanted to have sex on the floor of a public restroom before eating dinner with her new boyfriend, Jax. The pants are undone. Laura Lee is a freak. She is an absolute freak, but I love it. At their date, it becomes apparent that Laura Lee has an addictive personality. It's also apparent that Jax is not 100% into this relationship. You guys here for the class? Katie and Kristen finish up a cycling workout class. They, unlike friend of the podcast Danica Dow, are not a fan of this type of workout. Katie opens up that her and Stassi are sitting down later to squash the beef. Kristen will not be a part of this meeting. Stassi's willing to meet with Katie, but not with Kristen. That's it. She cares more about her friendship with you. Like, it's more important to her to mend that. That's what pisses me off about this whole thing. Before the evening shift starts at Sir, Jax and Laura Lee are asked to speak with Lisa. She heard on good authority that they got caught with their trousers down. Eh? Jax and Laura Lee are the worst liars? One of the lies that they get caught in is proven with the following line. If I was going to have sex with him here, I would lock the door. (laughs) Laura Lee is dismissed early, and Lisa has another strong talk with Jax. She doesn't want Jax sending a message to Stasi, and knows that Laura Lee is emotionally invested, and Jax is definitely not, so Jax needs to watch himself. Katie arrives at Stasi's apartment with multiple bottles of wine. They get through the BS first, and then get right to the point. After tears and cheers, it's understood that Katie had the best of intentions even if the Sir politics got into the mix. They are both okay with mending the friendship. And back at Sir, Peter and Jax are getting to work. But Jax notices Joey is at work today. But Joey is working the shift that Frank normally works, so what's up? Well, we should probably just hear from Joey. Joey! Joey, what's going on? (laughs) What's Not going a whole on, lot. Man. How'd you get stuck with the Tuesday gig? All right, so basically, on Saturday, a group came in and they were all ordering double martinis. And so Frank kept charging these people double the price. So, so $30 a drink? Yeah. Huh. You know, one of the guys totally like flipped out and started cussing at Frank like, F- you, you asshole. 
double charging ass prank basically said to him, I quote, you, you peasant. How dare you come in here, order all these drinks and then you can't pay for them. Frank says, look, go back to your ugly girlfriend before I embarrass you in front of her by pulling your underwear over your head, you nerd. And then the guy's like standing there shocked and just throws a beer right in his face. Uh, so Stassi is going to introduce Frank to her parents today, but before that, they need to make a stop at Sir. And in no surprise to anyone, Lisa cans Frank's ass. The sheer terror in Frank's voice as he leaves Sir is so great. My prayers have been answered. Stassi's less than thrilled to have to explain this to her parents, but luckily they have been drinking for quite some time now. Plus, Frank explains that he's been fired. Stassi didn't even have to do it, but it's okay, because Frank is getting into commercial real estate. This is the best thing that could have happened to him. The rest of this brunch is terrible. We see a montage of old Stassi photos where she has jet black hair. Frank digs a grave for himself even more. We hear that Stassi got a chin implant that was bought by her parents, and that she gets a lot of attention since then, apparently didn't get any attention before. And Stassi's dad makes sure that Frank isn't a Democrat. And they all happily continue to drink after this. But at a less drunk, but still drunk, brunch across town, Tom, Katie, Tom, and Kristen are eating when they get a call from Jax, letting them know that Frank's been fired. And in that moment, Kristen has a comment that may have multiple meanings. Frank did nothing but cause the most unnecessary drama between people who have been friends and have known each other for years. He wasn't a part of the family. See, this group brunch has noticed Stassi and Jax have been communicating at work. They're being civil, so that means they're probably going to get back together. I guess we'll see. But you know who's not getting back together? Stassi and Frank, after they have their breakup at Stassi's house, immediately following the brunch with her parents. Everything gets blown up on the sidewalk. This moment is so juicy because you can truly see where an argument began and how easily it can snowball into an avalanche. I should also note that this is two sidewalk breakups in one season. And this breakup really contains everything left out of their relationship. It's like looking back in time at deleted scenes. This is where we're left on this episode. Did I miss anything? Let me know or share your favorite moments by using the hashtag VPROBS. After the break, Anna Suzuki joins me to talk about this episode. Stay tuned! This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hey, Brittany, this podcast is made possible by our supporters on Patreon. That's so true. This is a labor of love. We enjoy every show that we create together. But we were able to bring another person onto the team, and that's Jeremy. And we can pay him through the people who give us like five bucks a month over on Patreon. It's awesome. It's amazing. We're so glad to have Jeremy. And we appreciate having supporters like our Patreon members. And we want more. More the merrier. Yeah, it's true. You pay 
$7 for Netflix, but you can also pay for any sort of content that you enjoy. Um, This is no guilt to anyone. These podcasts are free, but if you enjoy it for the price of a cup of coffee, you can get us some happiness, some payment to someone who helps us, and bonus episodes. The more patrons we have, the more episodes we can do. Imagine, I mean, let's come up with a number. Let's just say 6,000 patrons. (laughs) We would just do episodes every day. It's true. Every single day we would do an episode. I mean, just think about that. So I think our our big goal is 6,000 patrons. Yeah. And let's just say this year, because we don't know what year, what we're counting by, which Gregorian calendar... Uh, we'll start with trying to get 50 patrons. How about that? Yeah, let's just start with 50. Yeah, and then we'll 6,000 will be step two. But the only way we're going to do that is people go to patreon.com slash pinkjeans and uh, pledge their support. That's right. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Vanderpump Rob's. As you know, this is one of the most intense reality recap podcasts out there, which is why I have changed it up a little bit today, because in order to keep intensity, you must change how you approach episodes. So today, my guest, who I will introduce shortly, has never seen an episode that's false, has only seen one episode of Vanderpump Rules, and it is the episode I asked her to watch today, the one that... I previously just recapped. See, it's all coming together. You know her from hit medical drama, New Amsterdam. You've seen her on High Maintenance. That's on HBO. And from satirical Asian pop group, sketch group, Asian pop. It's Anna Suzuki. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Everything about this gets a little intense until Love we actually it. just get into it. Also, I like Vanderpump Robs. I didn't realize that was the see, name of the podcast. See, yeah. it's a peek behind the curtain, everyone. I'm recording all of these interviews before anything goes live. So I like it's Vanderpump fun. Robs. It's a little bit uh, dumb and a little bit fun. But it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like also family friendly. Yes, unlike this show. Unlike this show. Okay, great. (laughs) So now that we're into it, it it's a perfect segue, and I appreciate it. We're 35 floors up, and I'm realizing I'm seeing snow, so that's frightening. Anywho, back to the show. Oh, my God, it is snowing. I'm not used to recording this high in the altitude. But this view is really nice. It is. I feel like we... might be getting some of that Vanderpump money coming in soon with a view like this. We should dive in. (laughs) Anna, can you please tell me your relationship to reality TV? Okay, so I'm working on this in therapy, but I am a workaholic, so I don't like to commit to any sort of entertainment that drags me in. And so it's not reality TV's fault. I am afraid to commit to reality shows because I know I'll get sucked in. Truly frightened yes, to dive truly, in. Yes, correct. Truly frightened to dive into reality shows. Um, and I think it's also like triggering to watch unwell people interact with each other because I, I want to fix. I have a tendency to fix people. To well, want to fix you. Thank oh, you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask your success rate. But. <laughs> 
if it's something you like to uh, ingest mm-hmm. and you're looking at it like, say, a game show, then you have to find the game show that makes you the less stressed. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so reality shows make me um, anxious in many ways. And so I, I don't watch them at all. Um, and sometimes... Uh, like when I have friends who love these shows, when they're talking, I feel really left out. And so I do. I wish I watched them. I just I don't know how to consume it without stressing myself out. Well, then. So I'm the perfect guest. for this. Thank podcast. you so much. <laughs> what I would like to know then before we get into the uh, three points that really drove you quite mad. Mm-hmm. Is then, were you at all apprehensive going into this show? I know that you have a couple of friends that are also going to be on this podcast mm-hmm. that uh, are diehards, but I don't know. Like, like, was it a situation where you're like, hey, this dude I met once asked me to be on a Vanderpump podcast. Should I? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I compartmentalized and I was able to watch this 43 minute episode. I was surprised it was 43 minutes. It's long. I was like, OK, uh, Rob asked me to do this. It's probably 22 minutes and it was 43 minutes. Much apologies. <laughs> so I um, I even thought about like maybe watching it over two separate days. But anyway, I um no. I, Fair. But I had uh, no, no, it was fun. I had no apprehension. Okay. Um, but when they did the um like the on next week's Vanderpump Rules, I felt like that looked like a more fun episode. So I'm a little mad that you asked me to watch this one. Well, <laughs> I apologize, That's but okay. you are able to come on next season if you would like. Yeah, but like, what are the odds of like so many unwell people working at one step? I mean, I don't, I don't want to say no. Un- I I think there's there's like, there's a delicate so many um like. Interesting characters. Strong personalities. Strong personalities. I think you will find that in most service industry, no one wants to work in the service industry. Mm. And I think also coupling that with L.A., everyone goes out there for, you know, a certain amount of fame if you're not born and raised there. I w- blanket statement, I get it. But so I think it's like, okay, so I get an option to be in front of the camera at my job while also pursuing other things. I think there's a level of uh, inherent like semi-narcissism that comes with wanting to be famous. And then I think when you don't quite get it and you are happy being on a show at your job as like almost a second choice, then that might breed some resentment within yourself, which then the also frustrations of restaurant and bar life anyway are inherently grumpy. I would say at least every bar I worked at, everyone was grumpy. Yeah. And I think that just probably once the thing clicks in the back of your head that like, oh, they're also a story is forming. You like lean into it. That's a really uh, good analysis. I don't know. I've only been binging all of this for the (laughs) podcast and, you know, read yarn on the walls, like putting all the creepy mafia photos together. (laughs) How do all these relationships exist? Yeah. But that being said, it was a pretty exciting uh, time in this restaurant, apparently, <laughs> to make a TV show. I don't know. I could, you're my guest, okay? So I could go on and on and on, but you have brought three points 
of discussions. Yes. I had many questions about the episode, but we I have boiled it down to three. Three. Uh, well, three and a half. I want to I want to okay. just start Please. by saying that as a person who had zero context about this show, it the episode started with like a 2-minute montage of everyone pursuing their artistic yes. pursuits. And so the first thing I saw was like girls running lines, for, like preparing for an audition. And I thought, oh, okay, so everyone who works here is an actor, maybe. And then like some of them are pursuing music and they're showing their short films to each other. And so um, that was okay. So that was actually like a very nice setup for me. I well, got it. It makes it feel real. And like yeah. you are living in the world now. Yes, I got it. They have lives outside of the restaurant. I guess I, that that didn't bother me. So, okay. So, what let's start with the little thing that oh, bothered sure. me. Um when Lisa's husband first appears on camera for this episode, he introduces that two employees were caught having sex in the restaurant bathroom. But before we get to that, I was like, is this the the Virgin Airlines guy? He, <laughs> I was, he looks very similar to him. I was like, he's rich, British, has white hair. And I'm not sure if he's been on Shark Tank. Though, so. <laughs> so, so I was very confused. Um, and then they said his name is Ken. So yeah. I guess it's not Richard Bronson. No. Um, but yeah, I was like very confused by Ken because he seemed very reluctant to be involved with the show, but also like a very loving, supportive husband yeah. to Lisa. Like, I'll be here. Yeah. And also like doing a lot of exposition for the show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need someone to just like <laughs> move this bad along. News. Like, um, you've agreed to be in one scene. Right. Here's what we need you to say. But also, like, what are the odds that the publicist is at the house? Yeah. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> and then, and then the, the third Ken, party. The third party. And then Ken. Ken walks in and he happens to hear that two employees were fucking in the bathroom. All the stars aligning in that living room was a little jarring for me. When all the information is revealed and then it just kind of does a wide shot and the publicist goes, and as your publicist... <laughs> That's a really bad look. And <laughs> it like cuts to commercials. <laughs> yeah. And also I loved <laughs> I loved how when Ken first was like, I heard that he was caught with his pants down. And then the publicist jumps in and she goes, Okay, but how many people saw it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I is that how like publicity works? I <laughs> cannot afford a publicist. <laughs> but if I would I don't know if I would need them asking me that jarring question. I would just right. avoid being in those situations. Right. So so then Lisa goes, no, hold on. <laughs> you know, that's not, yeah. that doesn't matter. Right Cameras now. are rolling yeah. right now. Uh, I really like just jumping ahead a little bit. And I yeah. know this isn't one of your points, but yeah. like same subject. When Lisa uh, calls Laura Lee and Jack's to the table to confront them about this and they're like lying through their teeth, obviously. I love when Laura Lee goes, if I would have had sex here, I would have locked the door. <laughs> it's like, no one's talked about anyone walking in on you. Like, so you just, yeah. she's so like, she's so, such a sweetheart, but at the same time, like has her own battles she's dealing with. And like, it's, it, it's a situation where it feels like it's the first time she's gotten caught. And you're like, I am old enough to get away with this lie. And then just like the confidence of the one sentence that blows your entire lie. It's just. <laughs> I don't know. I was a 
praying to the TV gods. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, there were multiple Lisa confrontation scenes Ooh. in this episode. Um, it's always very cringy. Oh, I think the worst one is one of your points. If you if you want to yeah. get to it, and Frank will and has been brought up in this podcast a lot. Frank is not on this show after this season. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I don't trust the jaw, okay? I don't <laughs> trust the jaw. I don't like white guys with narrow eyes. Um, yeah, Frank made me really uncomfortable because he reminded me of, like, me, uh, a pre-therapy. Like, he doesn't know how to talk about his feelings. So everything he's saying is, like, surface level. So and, surface. Yes, and there's more boiling underneath, but he doesn't know how to express himself. At all. At all. And I felt really bad for him. I really appreciate you saying that because upon my whatever watch I did again to take notes for this recording, I started feeling more that way too of like, oh man, I can notice that like, oh, you just responded to this one thing she said, but what you're angry about is not at all yes. what she said. Yes. So have you ever been in a fight with a person like this or have you been in the position of Frank? Because I know I have, especially before therapy. I recognize in Frank this uh, defensiveness and this inability to like have accountability for himself. And so everything Lisa was throwing, he wasn't really listening. He just didn't want to be wrong or bad. Um, so, yeah, I felt really bad for him. I recognized that. Uh, yeah, I think I used to be that way. This is this is really deep. Share as much as you feel comfortable, but I let me before you do. I will tell you that, like, I have been in those positions too, and I, and I think that sometimes it's just the situation where you can start. Like me, uh, my blood boils when I see things reflected of myself that I don't like, especially in a heightened reality of a TV show. Yeah, but moving past like Frank's like shitty actions towards Stassi, they both go to, to Sir, as a pit stop. Before visiting Stassi's parents. Can I jump back to Jax real quick? Oh, yeah, sure. So Laura Lee and Jax are at dinner. And at this point, as someone with zero context of the show, I'm sort of putting together like Jax is not that into her and she's his rebound from Stassi, I assume. I'm putting this together yep. as I'm watching. Um, and so, oh, and then they have sex in the bathroom of this sushi place. But instead of just like keeping the camera on the door for a few seconds, like we get it. It's implied yeah. they're fucking. They cut to a B-roll of sushi making. It was. It was very unnecessary. I mean. I don't need to see someone rolling, <laughs> rolling anything. I don't need to see anyone rolling raw fish while someone's fucking in the bathroom. Oh, God. It's like. I get it. They're fucking. Um, and then the two like production extras walk by like scratching their faces. <laughs> like, don't. It's not me. Yeah. We just need to look like it's an active hallway. Yes, Come on. Exactly. Keep yeah. the background going. Yeah. Um, and then when. OK, so when Laura Lee was so vulnerable with Jax, it was so cringy the way she was like, Jax, you are like the hottest guy I've ever been with. Um, because I've been that person, you know, like I get what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And I felt so bad for her because obviously Jax, like Jax didn't return the compliment. And Jax knows that he is a, in the scheme of things, attractive human being. Yeah. Um, but then Jax like 
to camera, he was like, you know, I'm not 100% into this thing. Or 50%. And that's like, whoa, that dropped a lot. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's if you're like, not 50% into this person, like, maybe just stop hooking up with Yeah, them. or just be like... Keep it strictly hookup, you know. Like you, you, yeah, like you don't have to enter into meals with a person if you are honest yeah, with them. I mean, sushi dinner is like pretty. Well, he probably knew what she's. He's like, we're going to a place with a bathroom. <laughs> this this is the hookup. lock or not. Yeah. Yes, they're gonna hook up, right? <laughs> um. So anyway. Frank meets Stasi's parents. Yes. Okay. First of all, he's um, been fired at this point. He, he like post firing. What is this white restaurant Dude. with no other customers? And and also Stasi's parents are wearing all white. I was like, is it's, this get out? Like what? Yeah. It's like a Tommy Bahama. Yeah. Like hotel lounge. And also um Stasi's parents. Stasi's parents were surprisingly young and they kind of reminded me of like a before version of the oh, cast wow. members of the show. Or like if they did Vanderpump parents, yeah. like they would obviously be on even if they weren't the parents yeah. of Stasi. Um but they really freaked me out. They were weird, right? Yeah, I mean the dad has a flask with a gun, gun on it on it and a picture of his daughter. Oh, I forgot about that. Holy yeah, shit. He's got a rubber Wait. banded picture of. Uh, oh, that was on the flask? On the flask. Okay. I was, was. I, I have gun to. Gun on one side, daughter on the other. I was a little distracted during this episode because I thought Peter, the manager, was really hot. Side note. Peter's great. I, I thought he was like the most grounded, <laughs> real person. <laughs> I have thoughts on Peter. So, <laughs> so um, I mean, Peter's very minimal in this episode, so I don't really know, but. Every episode. <laughs> And I have this theory that he wants to be on more. And I like Peter a lot. And so I've asked people if he is, uh, and sorry to interrupt, but like I ask people sometimes if they think he's thirsty for screen time or if he might like, but the opposite side of that question is maybe they're like, no, he manages this place. We have to keep his story like crystal clean for the most part. And I love, I loved him in this episode. So I got a little distracted stalking him on Instagram, but he's great. But okay. So Stasi's dad has a photo of her as a child on his flask. I forgot about that. Um, and also like, uh, Frank and Stasi's dad is like bonding over talking shit about her. Oh God. It was it, so weird. And like the, the whole idea that like Frank got fired for telling a customer he was going to pull his underwear over his head. And Stasi's dad was like, classic. <laughs> I did that all the time in high school. And like <laughs> everything about this is just, insane yeah they were so fucking weird they made me really uncomfortable well and then like the whole uh, you're not democrat are you yes so that little like parents segment ended with Mm -hmm. the dad asking frank if he's a democrat and then frank's like "Mm, no yeah and then cut to uh, oh okay we're not gonna talk about that okay (laughs) yeah they well the the crazy thing is is that like that Scene, although I think is, you know, for drama and to show you how like different Frank and Stassi's dad is from Mm. like the West Hollywood restaurant that they work out of. I think there's a a bigger question of how much of an ally some people are on the show. But I think for most part, everyone is a good ally. But I don't think that scene would have even been in a show seasons later because there's so much like that's not the tension we need. And it you hit the nail on the head right there. It's like, that's a really 
good scene if that's what they wanted to film. You don't cut to commercial after that and never come back to the idea of someone's political beliefs. Like, just edit it out completely or leave it in all the, all of it. Yeah, you're right. That wouldn't exist in the current season. It definitely wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, so I think all of that really helps build the world that we're in. And I'm so sorry that like you don't know what came before or came after. I guess before we wrap it up, yes. is there anything? Because I'm not going to make you watch anymore. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, this made me want to watch more. Well, you should. But is there anything, any information I can provide for yes. previous episodes to yes. help give you closure? Okay. What happened in Vegas? Oh, that one you're just going to have to go watch. <laughs> so, bullet points. Stassi's birthday. Jax gets uninvited because she's now dating Frank, and they broke up the previous episode in a parking lot. Um... <laughs> Jax goes to Vegas, drinks get thrown, hair gets pulled, uh, everyone's fighting with everyone in the friend group, and then it scurries out into the parking lot, Again. and uh, Jax takes his shirt off, Frank rips his shirt off, Tom Sandoval stands in the bushes. It's too much to conceal into a uh, synopsis right now. <laughs> um, is this a thing that happens often, like they get upset and drunk and just take off their clothes why why do mm, they need to disrobe okay uh, well no i'm trying to think of how much often is on a season of television it's, it's almost like they're unable to express themselves in words i do think you are on to something there and so they just disrobe and that sort of replaces words stassi likes to get all of her girlfriends to Skinny dip, like just a quick dip in a pool and out uh, on her birthday. And I wonder if there's a parallel between. I think there is. I think that sort of creates this false intimacy and genuineness. Are we, wow. are we onto something? I think we are. And listeners, if you think we're onto something, please, please let us know online because this might have to be picked up in a later episode. Anna, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. And I think Peter's so hot. Peter will take your calls. Uh, <laughs> he does have about 300,000 followers. I'm going to try. Okay. Yeah. Report back, please. I will report back. Anna, can you please let people know where they can find you if you'd like? Yes. Uh, Vanderpump Robs. People can find me at the Jap Jap on Twitter and Instagram. It is open, Peter. And if you want to DM me, I will respond, even if we have a private account. Wow. Another incredible interview conducted by me and with my all-star guest. I'm having a lot of fun. Thank you for sticking around, everyone. Now it's time for me to pick out my dumpster moment of the episode. There's a lot of messiness in today's app, but I'd like to highlight the sheer hubris of Kristen's tattling. You guys gotta go. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about Sheena, Peter. She's no, it doesn't. Study. No, but it doesn't matter. Oh, you're saying something. Just say it to me, Kristen, if no, you have no, a problem. Like, I'm not a manager. I'm not a no, manager. No, 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 no. You always micromanage everyone. Really? Today you're not? Today I'm not. That's all for this week. Join me on the next episode where I welcome back Courtney Soliday. Until then, please leave me a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash pink jeans. 
Thanks again to Connor Lynch for editing today's interview, to Jeremy Siegel for composing my theme music, and to Bill Tilly for designing the VPR trading cards. See ya!